Super Talk Mississippi media production. Did you know Toyota Brookhaven has sold more new vehicles the last two years than any other dealership in southwest Mississippi? Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. And of course, we can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And today we get to hear a heartwarming story of divine intervention. I feel like you'll think it is by the end of it that happened in a lovely coffee shop on MSU's campus. And joining us today is Kyle to tell us a little bit more. Hey, Kyle. Hello, how are you? I am doing well, buddy. You are an internet sensation. Did you think that when you made your long post and confession uh, at the beginning of February that it would get the traction that it did about you and Lucy's story? I had no idea. I I didn't think that it it was just a a personal story of mine that I thought people would want to see or want to hear about, but I had no idea that it would blow up like it did. So we're we're working to get Lucy a part of the conversation too, Kyle, but right now we just have you. So I wanted you to take us back a little over about two years ago. What was life like for you then? Um, I would describe it as in... um, confused searching for my purpose you know um didn't know what i I never have lost my faith in god and never have um questioned whether he was real or not but there's been times where i questioned whether that was the life that i wanted to live or not and that's where i was about two years ago and and so uh just going from there uh yeah just i would say just questioning what type of life i wanted to live and at some point, Kyle, something stirred in your heart, and you thought, you know what, I may may try this whole church thing or this whole thing kind of again. Where, what was it that sort of inspired you to get back to, I guess, reading the good book, as they say? Started with, and I think you'll agree with this. Um, I, I surrounded myself, or I started hanging out with people that. Uh, church was a priority and, and reading the Bible was a priority. I got to uh, hanging out with a man named Mark Griffith and we had some run-ins with some other people, one being Pat Ewing, uh, who has passed now. And um, the Daily Walk Bible was something that Pat was very um, proud of, something that he uh, took a lot of pride in and, and sharing that. And that's really where um, that really encouraged me to uh, start reading the Daily Walk and, and making that a priority. So, okay, so now take us to January the 31st of 2022. We're going back a couple years, which I think is cool, and that just adds to how neat this story um, actually um, as it unfolds. You were, were you a student of Mississippi State? No, actually, I was a, uh, I'm a teacher, okay. and um, I am, um, 
this is that was my eighth year of teaching, and I was working on a project for my school that I work at, and um, I was meeting with a professor at Mississippi State to get some help. And I had a meeting with him that day, and I got there a little early. And you decided to, I guess, waste not waste a little time, but take a little time before your meeting and stop at which coffee shop? I was at Barnes & Noble. Um, they have a little coffee shop in the Barnes & Noble. And um, I just took so, took a little time to um, – I, I needed to do my reading for that day because the Daily Walk is designed for you to read it every day. And uh, so I was just like, while I'm here, let me go ahead and get my reading uh, reading done. And so I just I, – I went and got my Bible out of the car and started my reading. So where? How long have you had this Bible, um, Kyle? Because, Not long, actually. Because I feel like some of us who read every day or kind of have our favorites, you know, it's kind of um, an extension. You know, we feel a little connection to it. It's not something that we'd want to lose. It's definitely not something that we would feel like the urge to part with. I mean, instantly. So, so you hadn't had this one too long, huh? Well, actually, uh, Mark, who I mentioned earlier, had sent me a picture. Um, we, we would go to a coffee shop back home and that's where we did our, our morning, our, we would met a couple of days a week and, uh, Pat had actually just given me that Bible, I think on the 25th, that particular one. And I knew that I could get another one because our church, our church has them, uh, on standby. And so, um, yeah, I just, uh, I'd actually gotten that, I think on the 25th of January. So that, your home church, is it still First Baptist, um, of Pontotoc? Yes, first, first uh, Okay, okay. So, what happens next, Kyle? Because you're sitting there, you're drinking your coffee, you're getting ready to go to a meeting. It's just by all stretch of the imagination a normal day, and then you felt like I should do what with my Bible? I, I don't know what it was. It's just a, a notion that um, I just need to leave it. Um, I, we, um, me and Mark, uh, the guy that I mentioned earlier, he. Um, we had just mentioned how we wanted people to read this Bible and get into the daily walk and make it a habit of reading every day. And uh, I just got a notion that I needed to leave that one for some reason. I'd, uh, I'd never felt that notion before that I just needed to leave a Bible like that. And so um, I had was... Had you made notes um, in it? Was it personal? I mean, with it being new. See, see, Kyle, now I'm letting you in kind of like a little bit on maybe what my Bible looks like. And it's got... You know, all kinds of uh, little notes and highlights and, you know, personal prayers. And it just, you know, it's like an extension. Like, I, you know, it's not something I'd let anybody read it, obviously. It's not like a diary, so to speak. But, I mean, you know, it, it's it's mine. And so I guess for you, you just felt like whatever was in there, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter if somebody else sort of picked it up. So I'm not one that writes notes in my Bibles. I, I do my notes in, in notebooks and, and I make my notes there. And so I actually hadn't written in that Bible or uh, anything. It's actually practically a brand-new Bible. Um, and so I just put my name in it in First Baptist Church in Pontotoc, and um, we were trying to grow our church. At the, well, we're still trying to grow our church, but we were uh, growing our church, and so I just felt like uh, making a note in it of my name in First Baptist Church in Pontotoc, and if you need it, take it, and if you don't, pass it on to someone who does. And that's when Lucy comes into the story, who's joining us here on Good Things. So, Lucy, back on this day, January 31st of 2022, you were working at the Barnes & Noble coffee shop in the at the campus of Mississippi State. Were you a student there, or was that just your job? Yes, I was. That was my freshman year, and Barnes & Noble was right by my dorm room, so I just thought it was easy to make the walk. 
Well, hey, hey, shorten down that commute anytime you can on a college campus is definitely a sort of a good thing. Did you recognize Kyle when he came in? Um, tell us your side of this particular day. Yeah, I didn't recognize him at all. I'd actually been trying to find him for years, and I just couldn't. Kyle's, there's a lot of Kyle's in the world, so I I could never find him. But once we got connected, it was it was just amazing seeing God's work in that. So, but this is the day he left the Bible, um, Lucy. Yes. So that day, did you recognize when he came into the coffee shop that maybe nope. he obviously ordered from you and then was reading his Bible? Did that? Did you pick up on that, or was it more of like once he left it, you just saw a book sitting there? Yep. Once he left it, I found it and I put it in the lost and found and didn't look at it until the end of my shift. What encouraged you to go back and look at the book? Look at the book. Did you recognize it was a Bible? Yes, I did. And I realized this might be my answered prayer. So I looked on the inside and there was his message. Because the day before, which people are keeping up with the story, and it all comes together, like when you talk about divine intervention, just the night before, January 30th, you what prayer did you pray, Lucy? I said, God, if you're real, give me a Bible. Like specifically? Like that specific? Yes. Yes, that specific. Did anybody tell you this won't happen twice? Like normally, <laughs> normally it doesn't yeah. come out just sort of like that. Okay, so it would have been easy though. I'm laughing, but it's also I, I love it. This is the part that makes you can't you can't explain it, which I think is what makes it a God thing. So when you picked up that Bible at first, did you think, oh, I need to return this? Someone left it, or when did you find the note, to Lucy, to recognize, hey, this was left for someone, and that someone's me? Yes, I opened it hoping. There might be like a number in it so I could return it. And then when I saw the message, I realized it was God. Did you did you have the did little hairs on the back of your neck stand up? Did you just have to sit down and take a breather, Lucy? Like, I mean, yes, absolutely. It was it's still like the craziest thing that's ever happened in my life. And I knew it was nothing short of a miracle. And you still have the Bible. I do. And I, I read it every day. So after that, kind of what has sort of changed in your life, Lucy? After that, I I started going to church regularly. I started going to small group and learning that all of the pain that had happened in my life was not because God hated me or he wasn't there. I realized he was beside me all along. And I, since then, have been completely sober and I've been working to share the gospel with other people that were like me and didn't know God and didn't know what he'd done for us. So now I I work with college students and college girls that might be in the same place I used to be and share the love of Christ with them. Y'all story it over because we got to fast forward two years to when you guys finally meet. So we've got more with Kyle and Lucy coming up next here on Good Things. Man, having one 
Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. Rodeo, where they Making have your afternoon just a little brighter. It's me. Good Things with Rebecca okay. Turner Are they both on still there? Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us, too, on that local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. We're getting the rest of the story of how Kyle Walker and Lucy's Worlds collided. To catch you up, Kyle Walker left a Bible in the coffee shop on the MSU campus, of Bar- the coffee shop in the Barnes & Noble on campus, January the 31st of 2022. Now, Lucy was working there, and the night before, she had made a prayer out to God to say, hey, if you're real, Show me and leave me a Bible. And by gosh, the very next day, there was one left with a sweet note uh, from Kyle to whoever gets this, either take it or sort of pass it on. Now, we've got two years in between that till February the 1st. So, Kyle, when did you did you ever think about the Bible after that? You went on with your life there at First Baptist Church, Pontotoc, and all the great work that you're doing within the school being a teacher. Did you ever stop to think, I wonder whatever happened to my Bible that I left there in the coffee shop? I think after that day, that that Bible has never crossed my mind again until until now. So how did you hear? Now, Lucy, your side of it was you had been kind of looking for Kyle because obviously it probably had his name on there, but Kyle's a pretty normal name. So did you go to any lengths, Lucy, to try to find Kyle after that day? I did, but I knew that if it was going to happen, it was going to have to be by finding someone actually from Pontotoc. Right. Okay. So you're the one that must have connected you two. When did all of this sort of happen in the last little bit? When did you realize you finally had six degrees of separation from Kyle of some kind? I was talking to one of my friends at church and she said she was from Pontotoc, Mississippi. And I was like, why have I heard that? And she said, you've probably never heard of it. It is a tiny town. But then I told her the story about my Bible and it's kind of one of those places where everybody knows everybody. Mm -hmm. So she connected me to Kyle through her brothers. Was it kind of nervous? Were you kind of nervous to meet him? I think I would, you know, yes. have, yeah. I was so nervous. Kyle, when you got the call that the Bible had been found, I feel like it's a kid or something, but it is. It's still like, you know, it's kind of out there that you, you know, you left into the world and it sort of made its rounds. But um, did you instantly remember the day or did it take you a minute? Yeah. Yeah, I, I knew exactly. So um, the the girl that she is talking about, her name is Anna Catherine, and Anna Catherine got in touch with my preacher Ken Hester, and he sends me a message. He's like, "Call me as soon as you can. I have something that you're going to want to hear." And he starts telling the story, and when he got to a certain part of the story, I knew exactly what he was talking about. And uh, so the girl that actually talking about being a small town, the girl that she's talking about, Anna Catherine actually graduated high school with my mother and so um we actually knew our families knew each other really well the lord definitely works in some mysterious ways so how long did it take for you two to connect to sort of meet up because obviously you needed to to see each other and meet and share the whole story i think that was on a thursday morning and we had dinner us two and anna catherine on that, that, that next night friday night 
to see it all come full circle, Kyle, because this really started with you. And, you know, so often here on Good Things, I have guests for, that just have the most incredible stories that started with just listening to that little still voice in their head to encourages them to do an act of kindness or encourages them to start a business or encourages them to, you know, take a leap of faith or whatever it may be. And it sounds so grand now, but you had no idea, you know, back two years ago that this would all transpire. So how does it feel now sort of seeing it all come full circle? Uh, it's very humbling. Um, it's very um, eye-opening to the fact that um, the Holy Spirit is working. Um, there's things going on in our life that we don't, uh, that, the, that the Lord is taking care of that we don't see. Um, sometimes we don't understand. Um, just like I put in my post, there's things that we see the Lord do that happens really quick, and sometimes it takes a long time to see what he's doing. Sometimes we never see it, um, but it's just very eye-opening to who, the, who God is and what the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. I completely agree with that. And Lucy, like, not that you would, not that you couldn't have gotten a Bible in another way, um, but how cool is it that it was Kyle's that sort of found its way to you? It's so cool. And it was such an important time in my life because that was, it just changed the trajectory of my life from that day on. Okay, Kyle, so nothing happens unless you post it on Facebook, right? (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I started seeing your face pop up all through my feed probably, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. Everybody's saying this. This is what it's all about. You have to read this. Wow, what a God thing, you know, all that. And so, you know, what was it like for you? Because there's a lot. Of people who have shared it obviously probably aren't friends with you on Facebook. I mean, I didn't know you from Adam, um, so to speak. And so when you made that post, how quickly did it start to sort of gain its traction? Uh, immediately. Uh, my phone was blowing up. I had people messaging me on Facebook and through my phone and um, people wanting us to come speak and come, come share with um, their youth and this and that. And it's just blown up like really, really quick. Um, uh, and so the and I, and I want people to know that this is not something that me and Lucy, we don't want to, we want the attention on, on God and how he works and not on us. And um, social media is one way that we can do that. Absolutely. Because in fairness, I mean, you had no idea that that is going to actually be what would happen. I mean, people make posts every day in which they would go viral. There's no actual, you know, formula sort of to that. But looking at your Facebook page, Kyle, I think to date you're at 2.6 thousand, you know, shares in just a, just a couple of weeks, if not a week or more. And then how many people that has obviously reached and touched. What do you think? Why do you think this resonates so well? Why do you feel like just a simple Bible that was left, you know, created such a stir in people's hearts that they needed that story at that moment? Look, I think it's something real. I think it's something that um, people can see that's coming from just two ordinary people. Um, it's not some fake Facebook account or it's not some um, uh, media page or something. It's something from somebody's real life, um, and they can connect with that. I totally agree. And I think, too, Kyle, it's something that we can all do if we felt the prompting to do it, right? Like, you didn't go out of your way and buy someone a car. You didn't go out of your way and get somebody hired. Or, you you know, like, those things are great, and but they're big and they're extravagant. You simply 
left something available for someone who may need it to connect with it. And so, Lucy, for those that may be listening that are maybe in your shoes, maybe right now, you know, this conversation is an answered prayer, right? Because I feel like there could be somebody who says, man, I'm down on my luck. Both of you started this journey or this conversation with maybe wrestling with your faith or wrestling with maybe, you know, finding the good in life. And you took the first leap of faith, Lucy, by by praying about it, right? So for those that maybe feel like they're at the end of their rope, what do you say to them about not giving up? One more prayer. I say there's a reason for all of this. You know, God is real. God is good. The gospel is real. And if there's any part of you that has questions, that's okay. That's normal. But when you seek him out, he will find you in that. And... I I just think it's such a beautiful thing how he's used my life. I I'm just a normal girl. I I don't make all the right choices or say all the right things, but he can still use me and he can use anyone listening. So the other piece of this, I feel like for you, Lucy, that as someone who's been on their faith journey for a long time, you you made a very specific prayer, by the way. And for those, it's not that easy. You don't always get like things of beer, like how how you sort of described it. But you can kind of get your burning bush, right? You can kind of get your answer that you, quote unquote, prayed for. And then you can brush it off as, well, that wasn't that couldn't have been that couldn't have been God. That couldn't have been. I'm just overreacting or I'm over, you know, um, fantasizing it. So you could have easily done that. Why was it so clear to you, Lucy, that it wasn't just a coincidence, that that was, that was meant for you? I think going through my whole life, I've dealt with all of these hardships, and I realized there has to be a reason I'm here. Um, and that's when I started looking to God, and that's why I prayed that prayer, because I, I realized there had to be something more. And it, He's the answer, and that, that answered all my questions when I found that Bible of why am I here why am I why am I alive? Well, I love it. I hope people listening to good things, you know, if you got a spare one that don't have too much personal things noted, noted in the in the spine to maybe leave it somewhere today. You never know where or who may pick it up and need it. Um, but you guys, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing. I mean, there's no telling where God will take your story. So I appreciate both of your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. All righty. What a cool story. What are the chances? What are the odds? Will, have you ever left something and then found it significantly later and just been like, ah? I'm trying to think. But he left it intentionally. I mean, that was an intentional sort of leave of like, hey, you know, we hear about all these sort of acts of kindness that you can kind of trace back, like you pay for the person behind you or you leave a big tip. But, man, he just put something out in the world and had no idea it would wind back up with a person two years later but such a cool story all right you guys stick with us we got some more good for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She looks 
healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. Now, I want you to go back in time to PE class. And if you got kids that you just picked up in the car rider line, ask them how they like PE. Oh, I can feel the dodgeball hitting me in the <laughs> face, Rebecca. Now, yeah, I mean, or you just fully like it. So, I mean, some kids love it, some kids hate it, but it usually comes down to their PE teacher or coach and how much fun they make it. And this is such a good story. This is coming out of Tupelo. Joining us is Travis, the PE coach there, where you guys transformed your gymnasium into such a cool thing um, as part of American Heart Month. So welcome, Travis. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm so good to be here. I'm excited. Well, I'm excited tired about well, tired of your PE coach. Of course you're tired. I mean, hats <laughs> off to you. Hey, I have a middle schooler, so I know exactly what they put you through um, every day in terms of, of crazy. But but I also know how hard it is to keep kids engaged. And you got to keep uh, the, you know, the entertainment up, but also the value of a physical activity. So I hear this is your this was your idea. So tell us what you did. Well, we, we do a, a obstacle course every year uh, for as part of uh, what well, we have PBIS at our school. It's a school-wide program for it's a behavior incentive program. So we do a celebration every month, and usually the last couple of years, the obstacle course that we build in the gym has been part of one of those celebrations. And this year, we decided to do it in February to kind of double down and, and as part of American Heart Month as well. So we're kind of killing two birds with one stone here, um, but. Um, so it's for the kids who have been making good decisions, and 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 it's got to be something they want to do, of course. You know, like you said, keep them engaged. So what better way to keep them engaged than to, to really go all out and, and build a Super Mario World uh, obstacle course and get it decorated and have teachers and costume and, and really um, get them excited. That's the only way I think um, these kind of incentive programs work. You know, if it's not something they want to do, then... They're not, you know, they don't really care that much. So we just decided to do it real big this year, and um, we were finally done today. So we're very excited, to be honest with you. So how much Super Mario Brothers did you play for research? Well, I don't want to give away my age, (laughs) nor do I want to give away uh, how much I still love to play uh, Mario. But it's just a franchise that's aged so well, um, and we got a lot of kids obsessed with it. And I'll, I'll say we played pretty uh, fast and loose with, um, you know, we've got some stuff from the old game and some stuff from, you know, Mario Kart. So if we have any sticklers out there listening, um, it was not, not one world or one thing we did, but um, they had a lot of fun. So we're, we're excited. Well, I was excited when the movie came out because my 11-year-old had already been kind of uh, introduced to Mario. Of course, her dad, their dad and I, we were of that age. We're the 90s kids, right? We're the Nintendo right. era. So, you know, and but that introduced them all to my four-year-old. So she is already a Princess Peach fan. She actually kind of likes Bowser. Anyway, she's already into it. And she can't even play, you know, necessarily play the games yet. And so I just feel like, again, it's something fun for the whole family can kind of get involved, even though that's 
not necessarily your your direction here at the school. So no, but yeah, but you're exactly right. I, you know, and I'll tell you, we have a lot of um, you know young girls here who they just admire Peach, and I think that's one thing the movie did really well with. You know, it wasn't Peach who needed saving; <clears throat> it was uh, Luigi. So because um, Peach can do it all, she's she's not just somebody who needs to sit in a tower. So they did a good job with that, and we wanted to make sure that. Um, all their heroes were were front and center. So, so how does this work? So, if they're looking at Super Talk TV, we've got some great pictures of kind of a little bit of seeing into the gym. Y'all really <clears throat> did they? Y'all really did a good job of transforming it. So, how many hands came together from teachers or PTO or whatever it may be to sort of make this make this transformation happen? Uh, so many, too many to name. I'm so glad you mentioned it because. I, they just couldn't impossible to do without all the help. Um, um, as part of the specials team at our school, you know, um, the activities team, we I rely on them so much. And when I told them this is what I was planning on doing, and they just all got on board. And the big problem, I think, was I didn't want to have the stuff set up before the course started because I, I wanted it to be a big reveal and be real exciting. So, we, there was a lot of time the weekend before of taking all the stuff we've been working on at home, bringing it back up, and and finishing it off. So it was a it was a long last weekend, but um, yeah, we just got a great group of people here. I know that sounds kind of like a cookie cutter answer, but we really do at Parkway just have a great group of people who you know if it needs to get done, it's going to get done. So the art teacher, of course, was very instrumental. Um, she made this beautiful bowser head to hang above the doors and um we had the ghost house and it, it, it was just a lot of people and a lot of work but i think definitely worth it the kids had a great time this week so y'all do this uh once a year you said make an obstacle course out of the gym what are some of the other things that you guys use as incentives for and i love that you add in like good behavior not just good grades and it's you know sure. for, because not every kid you know good grades is relative to the, the individual right so i mean it depends Correct. E- effort is different for for every student and what that sort of outcome looks like so i love when schools look for the things we should all be working on which is attitude you know as well as manners mindset and all of that so what else does tupelo do to sort of encourage kids to you know keep keep the main thing the main thing yeah you know that's a good question i think you know i think every school in our district or at least every elementary school in our district uses the pbis kind of incentives and so it's kind of nuanced each school does its own thing but i know here at parkway we it could be something as simple as it's once a month usually we do a celebration and it could be something as simple as you know freezy pops for those who earned the, the, the celebration, it could be the, the we usually get a snow cone stand, um, all sorts of things just to keep them happy and engaged. You know, I, we're big here on making sure the kids are excited to be here and have fun because it's, you know, the, we want to do things that not all of them get to do uh, regularly on the weekend and make sure that every kid's getting the experience that they deserve. Um, and our students really do deserve them. So, well, I'm kind of bummed that I didn't get to go through the obstacle course. I think that would have been a lot of fun. I would appreciate if when the kids fall off, if there was like the wah, wah, wah sort of sound. I mean, that's a little demonic. I'm but. so <laughs> tired of hearing Mario music. We had the video game music in the background. We had, you know, Bowser's big song playing on repeat for a while. I can't get it out of my head. So 
Uh, I'm a little Mario'd out. I, ha- I hate to say it. Uh, no, but. I don't blame you. I think I, uh, you've definitely earned that as well. Um, but you earn it every day as a PE coach. I think you guys are unsung heroes within the, at least the elementary and I know the middle school system. You get them and let them get their wiggles out, but you're also the first to sort of instill that love or at least a, hopefully appreciation for taking care of themselves um, and their health. So what what led you to this profession, Travis? Uh, well, it's been kind of a, a journeyman's career. I, I've only been at the elementary school uh, level and the PE level for, I think this is my fourth year. And before that, I, I taught English and um, writing at uh, community college, and I did some uh, eighth grade. And I, I, w- I was going to say earlier, Rebecca, that uh, I did eighth grade for a year and a half, and I'm never going back. <laughs> oh, so don't tell me. I got two home. more years till eighth grade. Yeah, I hear it's awful. <laughs> uh-uh, it's rough. But uh, I moved from, uh, I grew up in Louisiana and then I moved here. My wife lives in Shannon, uh, in Mississippi. So it just kind of fell into my lap during COVID that this spot opened up and I just thought I could do a lot of good um, with these young kids. And it's, it's kind of right up my alley anyway. So I was tired of grading papers and I just said, I'm doing it. So very lucky. Well, you definitely you have one of the hardest jobs of the day, but also one of the more fun jobs of the day when you got a good group for sure. Will That's was true. saying he remembers taking a dodgeball to the face. Do you do your students take those things seriously, <clears throat> like their their games of dodgeball? Kick kickball's big for us, Travis. My sixth grader and her friends are like diehard kickball fans because of their PE teacher. Yeah, the uh, any kind of game. It's very competitive, and we got a lot of, which I think is another thing at this level is is what PE is good for is, you know, learning to be a good loser or a good winner and, you know, um, all those little things. that It kind of starts here, but they get pretty serious, uh, you know, and I know that dodgeball is a touchy subject um, across school districts of what is and isn't allowed, but uh, normally if we play dodgeball, I, I play me against the kids, so that way I'm... I'm the one getting hit and not uh, injuring anybody or having feelings hurt. So we try to do like a mix of stuff, but we do a big kickball tournament as we well did. for the second graders at the uh, end of the year. So they get excited about that too. We did a first time at a kickball tournament. The PTO put on for our sixth graders and Travis, when I tell you cut throat, like I was <laughs> little nervous. I, I was like, they came out like color coordinate, color coordinated with their yeah, jerseys, team names, yeah. like the whole thing. But gosh, I just love that they, you know, it inspires the uh, appreciation for at least physical activity and what you were doing. So I appreciate your time and keep on keeping on. Thank you so much. It was wonderful to talk to you. All right. You guys stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. 
this one from it's a great blue suede it's crazy that this actually like it's good (laughs) you could never pull this off again like you could have tried it but I wonder what came first the Uga Chaka or like just you know they were sitting there and they were like this song just needs needs something. something what do we add I got it. Hooga Chaka. <laughs> I'd love to know That's like it. the backstory to that. All right. Welcome back to Good Things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. You can also watch us on your Supertalk TV, on your computer or your mobile device. Don't forget our Supertalk Mississippi news team is covering your Mississippi stories. We would love for you to stay up to date. You can do that with our free weekly newsletter over at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. But also if you hit that lifestyle button, you can get some good headlines if you're tired of the, the politics or whatever else may be uh, taking stage, and you'll see that another Mississippian has matched five ticket that was purchased in Crystal Springs. Are you, um, Will, do you participate in Mississippi's Roads and Bridges Fund? Do you? <laughs> I, I occasionally will buy one, uh, usually when the jackpot gets up really high, or... You're that person. Yes. I'm that person. Or if my wife and I are going on a road trip. Is that a thing? It's a thing that we will do. And I almost bought her some for Valentine's Day to be included with the other gifts that I got my wife. But I I didn't have time yesterday. I was running late, so I, I wasn't able to do that. But I was going to. So this person got a lovely surprise on Valentine's Day. They won $116,403 wow. off of a $3 ticket. And I think that's the part that, like, y'all, I've said this plenty of times here on Good Things. I don't play. I don't feel like my look's going to be that way. Number one, I've never bought. Like, I have never paid for a scratch-off. It's weird. It's like, you know, when you're young and you go in for that first, like, pack of cigarettes, which is a bad idea. Don't do that. You just feel nervous. Like, even if you're of age, you feel like you're doing something wrong and you don't know how to ask for it. And then it's just awkward. So that's how I feel about, like, lottery tickets and scratch-offs. And so, you know, but when you tell me you can take $3, I'm not ever going to give you a $20 bill. I don't care if it's $10 billion up for grabs. Like, that's a lot of money that's just not coming back to me is the way I see it. But like three bucks, I could skip getting my Coke. And like, <laughs> you know, if, if you tell me my odds are that I could walk away with or come out $116,400 sort of over that. And so anyway, I'm all, I don't know why. I know people win. That's the whole point. If nobody won, then you would never have anybody playing. But it does feel like People win often. Like it's your luck is kind of a little bit, you know, more on your on your side here when you play the scratch alls versus if you just throw money into the big jackpots. Yeah, I mean, we had our first million dollar winner not too long ago, and then shortly thereafter, we had another million dollar winner or more than a million. Uh, so yeah, if people do win, and it is fun. I mean, that's you got to play for entertainment. Um, that's why my wife and I, when we go out of town, we purchase those tickets because it's something fun to to look at and to scratch them off while we're on the road. Just something to do. I agree. And I usually, I, you know, I share here, especially when we talk about um, 
things to give your uh, like stocking stuffers, stocking stuffers, which gosh, I'm not talking about it yet, but it will be here before we know it. But um, <laughs> we just got done with it. We just got shush, Rebecca. I promise, I'm not going to say Christmas time. But um, but no, but but if like for that person that's hard to buy for or a little happy, which just made me think having Travis on the PE teacher, like wow, we're going to be right here at uh, teacher gifts by the end of the year, graduation, that kind of thing. Um, um, I, w- I don't know if I would give. I don't know if you should set your graduates up for for that but you have to be you have to be 21 to purchase tickets or is it 18 18 or 21 i'm sure you do look at me like i don't know i don't know it should be 21 you shouldn't be making those life choices at 18 but if you do but what if they win that's what i'm saying like what if you win i was thinking more for the teacher <laughs> you know it's all great and good but if you give somebody a ticket and they win a million dollars and they were let's headed. be honest there's going to be a bit of jealousy going on yeah, I well, I mean, imagine you being 18 and graduating high school, really not sure what you want to do with your life, but you're going to one of the universities anyway just to make your parents happy. And here comes along Aunt Becky, and she gives you scratch-offs, and you win a million dollars, and you're like, screw it, I'm not going anymore. I mean, I don't know at 18 if I won a million bucks how I would. You have to be 21, though, to get into the casinos. I do remember that. Yeah. So you, you have to be 21. I'm sure. Why do we not know that? The text line can tell us. I'm sure we do. I feel like that is that is common knowledge that you and I will should both uh, most definitely most definitely a twenty one to gamble Curtis and McComb. Thank okay. you. Well, at least we're showing that you know that's not something that we partake in <laughs> enough to know sort of all the rules. But there you go. Okay, so twenty one. But your teacher's gifts. Back to what I was thinking before eighteen year olds. I think those scratch offs. Forget the extra candy or whatever. Give your teacher the chance to get the race you need. But maybe make the agreement with them that if they hit it big, a little you note split on it. the bottom, like, "Hey, remember little Johnny's mom? She's the one who gave you the scratch off." All right, stick with us. We got more for you up next. She got the boys with sports talk from three to six. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.